Thanks for tuning in to this latest edition of Men of the City podcast. I'm Andrew Rubinson, and I am one of the pastors at the City Church. I'm Chris Taylor. Dennis Connolly. Trey Smith. One of the stories that uh, Sawyer and I uh, tell a lot uh, in our uh, pre-marriage mentoring uh, times is is one of the first things that I learned as a uh, uh, as a husband and how to uh, uh, well I guess maybe not love my wife well but not love her poorly would be the better way of putting it. Um, when we uh, were dating, we had dated for about four years, and we were both in college. We got married, you know, relatively young, very early 20s, both of us, and, uh, you know, we'd been dating, and she was always really early to bed, you know, type of person, and so we'd go on these dates, and I'd uh, go and drop her uh, drop her off at uh, her place, and she'd go to bed, and I'd go back and, you know, wait an hour, and then go out with the guys, you know, to go do whatever nonsense we were up to at that time, and and everything and that worked really really well for me and then I was uh, relatively shocked when we uh, got married and Sawyer you know had to start going into the hospital as a uh, nurse for her shift at you know 5 30 in the morning and so she'd you know trail off to uh, bed at around you know nine o'clock nine thirty uh, the night before and you know I remember the first time you know kind of feeling a little apprehensive but I didn't really totally know why but then saying you know I think if you're going to bed I think I'm gonna go to the pub with you know some of uh, you know some of the guys and then her just staring blankly at me and going no no we're, we're married now. Like you're not going to leave the house and go to a bar. And I, and I remember thinking like, why, why not? Like, why is that a, uh, why is that a thing? And being able really to see in her eyes that, well, no, that, that'd be terribly unloving, you know, to me, for me to go to, you know, bed in our home and you to go, you know, out with a whole bunch of guys, you know, that at the time were, you know, all single guys, because I was one of the first guys in our group to kind of get, uh, get married and everything. And so, um, I remember being very frustrated by that because I didn't, my, you know, 20 uh, year old brain didn't totally understand why you know that was uh, uh, unloving and everything and and it was just a source of tension and uh, ultimately I mean it's ended up being one of the best things because it really uh, caused me to climb out of this slime of single life and actually have to you know put on some big boy pants and uh, mm. you know live a normal life that didn't go until three o'clock in the morning and uh, get reasonable amounts of sleep and everything but that was one of the first things that I learned about how to uh, how to love uh, love my wife well nothing super spiritual just a really practical practical thing I would say probably one of uh, the things I had the hardest and I still have a hard time with is uh, listening well to my wife um, I think one of the I think we asked all our wives if there was one thing that um, they would want from us it would would be to hear what they have to say, not just hear, but listen and respond um, in, in an appropriate way. Um, 
So there's a couple of things um, I've asked my wife to help me with um, because I'm not very good at that. Um, when she really wants me to listen well, I ask her to come up to me, tap me on the shoulder or whatever, because I may be looking at my phone, look at the computer, watching sports. And if she really wants to tell me something um, to, you know, just say, hey, I, I really need you to do this right now. Instead of just talking and asking me, are you listening to me? And I say, yes. And she'll say, what did I say? And I have no clue. I'm caught. You know, it's <laughs> we've come to the realization that that's who I am. And, and she really needs to help me understand that she really wants to communicate something with me. So um, that has helped uh, in our marriage a lot. And I think that um, is, is a huge difference um, between men and ladies. Um, if that happened to us, we wouldn't even think twice about it. But to them, it's, it's, it puts up a huge roadblock to further communication. And so I, I think that um, is one thing that I've learned uh, to help her as well as me through that is to be able to listen well to her. See, and I think that that already highlights uh, one of the more important things with loving your wife well is you need to know how does your wife want to be loved. You exactly. know, I mean, exactly. You know, I mean, and I, I, I can, you know, there's the love languages, the five love languages, and I think that that there's a lot of merit to that. Um, but also, just what, just really though, what is it that specifically speaks to them? See, for Shannon and I. Um, and I want to go on record that Shannon is the best wife in the world. Um, on the record right she's now. Listening. Yes, because she is probably listening right <laughs> to now. To the men of the city. To the men of the city. You shouldn't be because this is... For men. Yeah, seriously. Um, but uh, but one of the things that in our in our relationship is that... And I'll just... This, this is a safe place on the men of the city podcast here. Um... I am probably the the more um, I'm the more emotionally needy um, member <laughs> of our marriage. Um, there can there are times that if you were to to maybe ask me how things are going in our marriage, that I might you know if I if I was being honest that okay, well I maybe feel like that we're distant you know emotionally or physically or or I you know that I I can kind of see the deficiency, um, and but if you were to ask Shannon. Oh no, things are great. <laughs> I mean, like that. I mean, for her, as long as that you know that we are alive and haven't killed each other, you know that things are great because that's and that's and there's there's virtue in that in the sense that it's it's just even keel and and moves along. And yet I'm the one you know over here emoting, um, you know, desiring to have a deeper relationship. Um, and so um, that for that was a a big frustration for me early on in, in our marriage because I would think I would kind of see these issues thinking that we have these problems and she just thought everything was great. Uh, and so I think it annoyed her <laughs> whenever I would want to have those, those conversations. And it's like, really this again? Like, uh, and, um, what I found is, is that, um, that's just, she's just good at kind of like at maintaining that status quo and everything is fine unless it's not. Uh, and, and when it's not fine, she would let me know. Um, and so I, I finally had to realize that, that when it came to like loving her well, there were other things that, that if I, for me to kind of meet my emotional need that I needed to do the things 
uh, that you've mentioned before, Dennis, of like of like going and, and serving her. I finally found out that that's the way that you, if you really want to um, elicit an emotional response in her, is to serve her. Right. You know, serve her with the kids, um, wash the dishes. You know, um, any of any of those things that um, that I found that that's something that she would look at and she would feel loved. And then in turn, you know, that her response to me was, you know, was then in turn fulfilling also, you know, what I felt that I, you know, was lacking in our relationship. And so uh, that it was a reciprocal thing. But yeah, I mean, just coming from a a different angle of it, you know, where I'm the, you know, the, the emoting, uh, crying in the corner, uh, you know, what's wrong with our relationship. Let's, you know, let's have a DTR here in our fifth year of marriage or 10th year of marriage or whatever, whatever time, you know, that. Uh, I had to find what I had to realize that my emotional needs were different than what hers were. Hmm. Yeah. I think for me, um, a lot of has come from just understanding, uh, what marriage is meant to be. And so, uh, I was uh, fortunate uh, before getting married. I had, I had somebody who was discipling me, and he decided, uh, or we decided to uh, memorize the book of Ephesians together. And, you know, there's this great passage in, um, you know, in chapter five of uh, what the uh, relationship between husband and wife is meant to look like and how it's supposed to model that of Christ and his church. And uh, it, it just kind of never really left me. And so I was kind of had this, uh, picture in my head of, uh, of just as, as the church glorifies Christ. So a wife glorifies her husband. And that is either a beautiful thing or a terrifying thing. Cause they're going to, uh, display, uh, what kind mm-hmm. of husband you are. Um, the way I've described it in the past is just like if I go to, um, to the beach and uh, I soak up a lot of sun, I'm going to come home glorifying the sun, you know, in, in my sunburn. That's going to show, you know, what, what influence I've been sitting under. And, you know, my wife is going to do the exact same thing. She's going to tell the world, uh, either in a good way or a negative way, what kind of husband I am. And so there was a lot of um, a lot of, I guess, pressure that I felt. Um, but I think it was, uh, not a negative pressure, really good pressure. It was something that was just pressed, uh, impressed deeply upon me that, um, this is really serious. This is, uh, this is a display of how, uh, how God feels about his church, how Christ feels about his bride. And so it's not something I can walk into, uh, walk into lightly by any means. Um, the, the advice that I've always given to people who are, uh, newly married, nearly married, sometimes even, um, farther into marriage is, uh, the same advice that Paul gives the Philippians. If you can consider, um, your wife's, um, your, your wife is being more significant, uh, more important even than, than yourself, uh, you will do well. If you can lay down, uh, your own, uh, wants and desires for the sake of the good of your wife, uh, you will largely have a successful marriage. Even as we look at Jesus who, uh, laid down his, his very life to make his, uh, his church, his bride, beautiful and radiant. 
Yeah, I think that that's well said. I mean, and, you know, I think even just playing off that a little bit, like, you know, there at the end of Ephesians 5, where it's, you know, talking about this, I mean, Paul, you know, who, you know, I mean, obviously knew this stuff better than anyway, anyone says that, you know, the great mystery, the, you know, mega mysterion that mm-hmm. is there is, is that marriage is to, you know, tell us something about who uh, God himself is, Christ. Christ and the church and and everything. And so one of the things that, you know, I think really just, um, I don't know, uh, a responsibility that weighs heavily on me and that I just uh, always encourage guys to is just the realization that your, um, you know, uh, your participation, your actions, your love as a husband is either going, is either going to you know, uh, it's going to preach a theology, whether it's yeah. a, you know, uh, theology that is correct and aligns with the gospel and aligns with the very character of God, uh, or it's going to preach a heresy. So which one is it going to be? Because it's, it's going to be one of those two. And that's a pretty, pretty weighty uh, responsibility that we as, have, uh, you know, husbands have. And if you, you know, go back, you know, to the very beginning of, you know, where Paul begins addressing, you know, husbands specifically, he says, you know, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for, you know, uh, having uh, cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. And all of that really, you know, uh, thrusts towards something that I think is really mysterious and that is is that uh, it says that jesus is going to present there's this presentation of the bride in glory and splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing and just the idea that you know my marriage to sawyer is not one you know for even necessarily the, the end of it isn't my own enjoyment it's not my own personal, you know, growth. It's not my own self-actualization or any other thing that you can kind of put in there. What it is, is it's a opportunity for me as I try to love my wife, like Jesus loved the church, you know, to actually make this presentation of my wife to, to God, that I'm actually participating in God's redemptive, sanctifying work in my wife's life. So I don't get to be lazy. I don't get right. to come home and, you know, uh, take a day off. Off, you know, uh, I actually have a job to do as a husband, and that is, you know, working towards the sanctification of my wife. So there might be this radiant presentation of this beautiful, spotless woman that is a part of the bride, you know, to to God at the end of our lives. And I don't get to, I don't get to keep her. I don't get to have that glory for myself, but I do get the responsibility and the privilege to kind of, you know, meet that out and and just to kind of, you know, understand that all of that really is meant to mimic the self-sacrifice of Jesus. And mm-hmm. so I guess I'd ask uh, you guys, I mean, you know, not necessarily to, to, to boast in yourself, but, you know, boast in Christ. Like, what are some of those ways that you felt like you have grown in that self-sacrifice, you know, in, in your marriages? Obviously, all of us have many, many different ways, you know, that we fail. And in our church, we tend to talk a lot about, you know, sin and failures and things like that. But, you know, are there any areas that by the grace of God, like, actually you've grown from day one until, you know, now, uh, whether it's been, you know, uh, five years or, you know, 35 years, like, you know, how have you grown in that self-sacrifice? 
Well, personally, I have this all figured out. Okay. So <laughs> Teach I'm <us>. good. Um, <laughs> I was thinking that'd be Dennis. <laughs> no, no, I don't know. I've been married 10 years now. I got this. Um, no. Uh, well, um, okay. So as you know, I, you know, in, in talking about, you know, yet again, about how we kind of process love, you know, I know that the, the common viewpoint is, um, is that men, we tend to process love through, uh, more like uh, along the lens of respect. We, we, we really crave to feel respected, able, you know, competent, you know, we, we want that. And, um, I had a, uh, discussion with, a. Uh, a, a brother of mine several years ago and we were, you know, we were in a fight club together and we were kind of, we were hashing out just, just, uh, you know, sin and, uh, and, and discussing, you know, our marriages and, and there was this, you know, kind of light bulb, epiphany, angel descending moment where I realized that, um, I really wanted my wife to think that I was a good husband. Um, However, um, did not really want to be a good husband. Uh, I really, I wanted, I wanted that respect and, but I didn't necessarily want to put in what would be required, you know, mm -hmm. of, of, if I really did actually deserve that respect, I didn't want to put in whatever work that would, that would entail. Um, and it made me realize that, that I did not have, um, that my theology of marriage was, was really terrible. Uh, it wasn't, uh, it was not about, um, how I could wash my wife with the word and how I could present her blamelessly. It was more about like, how can I make her think that I'm a great guy? You know, how can I be a really good husband? You know, how can I make her think that I'm a good husband? Um, much less actually be a good husband. Um, and so anyway, that, it was an eye opening night for me, uh, to think about that of, of how, um, and, and I think it really just, you know, when I look at that, it, it, seeps into a lot of areas of life where we really, we want, we want to be fulfilled. We want to be respected, but we really would like the, the, the easiest path to get there. Um, and so anyway, that was, that's, that's an area that I can definitely say that looking back that God has shown me and made me realize that when there's times that I find myself wanting to start, you know, um, fight number 15,000, that is really more about validating my own ego um, that it is about loving Shannon well or serving my family well or any of those things um, that instead the best scenario for me to do at that time would be to stop what I'm doing, stop that fight and find a way to love them uh, and and even like call time out and be like, hey, I'm being a total jerk. I want to repent <laughs> right now. <laughs> like right now I need to repent because this is only going to get worse from here. Um and so, I mean, that's, that's something that I, that I think that there's, that there's some fruit, uh, especially in the, in the past four or five years, um, that has just made that uh, more clear to me that, that it's, um, that I really do have that tendency to try to take the, the easy way out. I want the, I want the, uh, the title without the, without the work. Um, yeah. We seem well. to want sanctification like we want new clothes, mm -hmm. uh, full value, but on sale. Yes, you know? indeed. <laughs> I'll take it gifted any way I can. Yeah. yeah, unfortunately, that doesn't seem to be how uh, God chooses to to work and to, to sanctify us. Uh, for me, when Whitley and I uh, first got married, we had gone through pretty much our whole dating relationship and never really had a 
a fight of any kind. And once I learned that that was possible, um, <laughs> she also learned how I processed in those moments. And I was not a verbal processor. I was uh, have always been one that uh, just uh, goes internal and wants to think uh, through the, you know every scenario and situation in good and bad ways. You know, good ways being like, okay, where did I go wrong here? What do I need to apologize for? Bad ways being, okay, if she says this, what am I going to say in response? Um, and so I would take a long, long time. She she is very much a verbal processor or wants to get it out immediately and I would shut down for sometimes several hours and just not have anything to say and that was just uh, perhaps like the worst punishment that I could have really uh, enacted upon her was to not talk to her in that moment when she uh, very uh, seriously desperately wants to know that everything's still okay I still love her we're going to work through this. And so I have had to learn how to uh, take those times, those, those windows where I need a little time to process and really make them much, much shorter. So if I need a, you know, uh, a few seconds or a couple of minutes, that's fine. And, and the, the thing that I've been so, um, so impressed by is I think at the beginning, I kind of like you were saying, Trey, that you, you, you want to look a certain way. You want to say face. You want your wife to think something about you. That was very much also what I wanted. And I found it was far more achievable, actually, when I would talk uh, to her about what was going on. And I would go to her after, you know, perhaps taking a moment and recognizing what I'd done wrong and just saying, you know what, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, and I, I need your forgiveness. I messed up here. And what she saw uh, in me in those moments uh, was so much more than had I tried to spend you know more time convincing her that I was right and uh, mm -hmm. what I was thinking or what I was saying. Instead, just owning up and and kind of accepting the the gift of of repentance that God gives. And seeing what it does to your wife when she recognizes that you, this is a humble man before me and not a, uh, a prideful man. It's a really incredible thing. Oh, I don't know. I've got 40 years of uh, making mistakes uh, <laughs> and a very gracious wife who forgives me for all that. So, um, I, you know, one of the things I think... Um, that has changed our marriage a lot. Um, I don't think there's any more intimate time that you have, um, even more intimate than, than having sex is with, um, is with praying for and with your wife. And mm -hmm. it is, uh, uh, grown on us over the years. Um, I know, um, even this morning, uh, I do a men's Bible study with a bunch of guys in Weatherford and one guy, a couple of guys were saying how, difficult it is for them to pray with their wives and they can pray with their kids and pray with the guys but they just they can't pray with their wives and 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 um and, and i had a hard time with that for a long time too but i think you know that has really helped um us grow um because of that intimacy there um you know we're not afraid to play to pray any place for anything and um uh, so i um, but, you know, I found myself early on, uh, this is what you have to guard our hearts against, um, you know, 
praying selfishly for our desires and wants and needs and um, still do that and uh, occasionally and um, and I realize that um, but um, just being able to pray with your wife I think is um, is a way to really love love well and I would start it much earlier um, we didn't do that for probably the first 20 years of our marriage maybe more I don't know um, uh, we really weren't Christians back then either and until later in life but um, I think that's one of the things that has grown on us over the years that mm-hmm. uh, we really um, have a good time talking scripture praying over scripture praying with each other that's really a, a, a thing that really has uh, helped our marriage as well yeah, it's a huge blessing and huge, huge grace and lots of, you know, self-sacrifice even, you know, in that. And um, I think that uh, probably, um, I don't know, the most impactful thing that by the grace of God, you know, I've learned in this area of kind of self-sacrifice in my marriage has been um, that, that the gospel carries with it the power of um, immediate and complete, uh, atonement and forgiveness. And it can be mm-hmm. used really practically in marriage. So for a really prideful guy like me, for a guy who wants to be justified, who wants to be right, who wants to win the argument, who does not like getting disrespected, who does not, who has all of these little push button, you know, more than picadillas. I mean, they're real, real serious problems. I realize, you know, um, you know, into marriage, several years that like uh, that I didn't have to make Sawyer atone for the things that she you know uh, did to Mm -hmm. me or the offenses that I felt uh, Mm -hmm. and everything I didn't need to you know punish her by you know being quiet or you know um, you know or withholding or anything like that but that there were things that would regularly occur that weren't just these small things that were nitpicky and weren't worth fighting about and so I just put them in some repository in the back of my brain and just go, well, I'll wait for a good day to pull that one back out. Because I certainly have the capacity to do that. I, you know, still do that and struggle with that, you know, with Sawyer too. But, um, but God really taught me, I think, the, the power of just when I feel an offense or when I feel something rising in me for uh, an argument, not tritely just going, well, that's just water off of a, you know, duck's back or whatever. But, uh, you know, but actually going, you know, when when God the Father looks at my wife, he sees a completely redeemed um, person in Jesus Christ. She now has full, um, you know, ownership of righteousness in God the Father's eyes because of the finished work of Christ. But I'm going to hold something against her. I'm mm-hmm. going to continue. No. Actually, what I'm going to do is take that offense or take whatever that is and say, no, Jesus died for that. And that Mm -hmm. actually enables Mm -hmm. me not to, again, uh, superficially stick it somewhere on a shelf, you know, for me to pull out at a later time, but literally just kind of, you know, uh, see it eviscerated in in the cross, see it completely dismantled, destroyed. It's not a thing anymore. And uh, of course, you know, I don't obviously always do that, but it is a really beautiful thing because it's not just human horizontal forgiveness. It's like actually tapping into this reservoir Mm -hmm. of forgiveness that I've experienced, that my wife has experienced, and now I actually get to enjoy, 
you know, giving to her and, uh, and allowing that to cover over like, you know, uh, you know, like scripture says, a multitude of sins. And, um, that's been something that, you know, I mean, it has taken self-sacrifice and it's been something that the spirit really had to work on my heart and heart to offer grace and forgiveness. And I, I just see, I see a lot of times, I see it in myself and I see it a lot of times in, you know, counseling couples that, uh, that dynamic just isn't there. There are justice scales that get pulled out and we're weighing out, you did this, I did this, you know, that sort of stuff. And that's just not, it's, 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 it's human nature. It's not gospel nature. And so, uh, I'd say that that's probably, uh, you know, maybe one of a few, very deep tools that God, I feel like, has given, you know, given me to uh, uh, to see self-sacrifice kind of lived out in a real, you know, kind of practical way and in a real gospel-centered way. One of the things that you mentioned, Trey, earlier was just these love languages. And, uh, you know, I think it is, I think it's really profitable for uh, for guys, especially to learn, you know, love languages for, you know, uh, their wives. I've, you know, read that book and, you know, it always seems to get brought up and, uh, it's really good. And so I'm not, not going to now bash it. That's not like the good news. <laughs> and then, you know, bad news. One of the things though, that I've also seen that I've, you know, caution couples against is, is that a lot of times what we'll do is we'll take those love languages, we'll internalize them. And then we'll say, this is how I'm going to be loved. This is my expectations mm-hmm. of how I'm going to be loved. And one of the dynamics that I've seen in uh, in marriages is that it sets up maybe idols, if we're being honest, that need to be served and actually don't negotiate some of the ways that men and women are uniquely designed to really love and serve. So if you have a wife that, you know, is primarily loved by, you know, gifts, that's how they, you know, feel loved. But, you know, their husband maybe is more of like a, you know, uh, quality time kind of guy. Like I have a lot of time. I want to give that to you. And the wife is like, really, I don't need your time. I need you know, I need a gift to, to feel, you know, love and affection. Well, there's something that's kind of cut off there in that. Mm-hmm. And so, I'd, uh, you know, uh, that's something that I've, uh, I've seen play out in, you know, some really helpful ways because it is really important for me to know and understand not, and not just the way that my wife feels love, but actually how she changes over time. So Sawyer was always quality time. Like she wanted, she wanted my time and I wanted to give, you know, her my time and maybe, you know, in some ways grew at that. And in some ways was maybe stunted in that. And just about the time that I really got that into my mind, we had children and she's like, listen, I love your time. And I do still want a little bit of that time, but actually acts of service, if you could get to the yeah. dishes, so that, change know, that would be, that would be really great and everything. And so, so that's very helpful, but it's also, it's important to know and understand that we as humans can take those good things and twist mm-hmm. them and, you know, and make them into, you know, something that they maybe, uh, maybe shouldn't be. And so, um, anyway, I guess I was just going to end by asking you guys, like, um, what are some of the practical ways that maybe even getting outside of the love languages, but some practical ways that you really, um, you know, uh, see, uh, loving, loving your wife being something that, uh, uh, maybe something that you could share with other guys out there that are looking for, uh, I've always kind of said that 
I think it'd be really valuable to get groups, uh, you know, groups of guys together, kind of brainstorm this because as a, in general, big, broad brush painting guys with, we don't always tend to be very creative with things like date nights or, you know, uh, ways of showing love. And so being able to kind of uh, know and understand where, you know, there may be some good ideas, good pointers from, you know, other guys who have uh, done that. So what are, what are some of those ways that you could share maybe real briefly practical things that um, have loved, uh, you know, loved your wives well? Um, well, for me, and, and I guess, um, you know, uh, in in regards to we 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 don't there's some things that I think that that we probably should implement that we're not you know we don't do I know that that a lot of uh, great marriage advice is to make sure that you have a regular date night and things like that that's at this at this juncture in life that's just that's not a realistic thing for us um, but uh, we do try to make sure to to spend uh, quality time together as soon as we can get the kids to bed, <laughs> if we ever get them to bed. Um, and so, I mean, that's, that's one aspect that I know that's important for our relationship. And, and, um, I mean, um, I think specifically for Shannon, um, there's, uh, I mentioned, you know, serving her. And I think that that's, that especially if you got, if you got kids, you know, husbands dads serve serve your wife you know uh change the diapers um you know uh, you know pick up around the house you know if you come home and you're really you know and you already kind of feel that pride swelling in you that you want to say something about the house you know being dirty before you open your idiot mouth pick up some of this you know the stuff off of the floor you know and just do that first and then maybe you'll get a little empathy you know for your wife and uh and be able to serve her in the process you know um and fast track your sanctification uh and one specifically though for um for my marriage that i found that my wife um feels loved is when i show interest in the things that she shows interest in uh, if she does have something that is a hobby or something that is an interest, um, if there is, and so that's one way, if there's, if there's a certain book or an article that she, you know, that she cares to share with me and talk about, you know, we talk about that struggle of listening well, well, you know, I'll, I'll read it, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll try to take out, a, take time and, and read it with her and then discuss it with her. And, um, I found that, that to be something that, that she seems to, to, to feel loved and valued when I do those things. Well, it's different, uh, uh, now than it was when we had kids, but, uh, um, like you were talking about just doing practical things to help out. Um, mm -hmm. I, I see a lot of guys who don't even know how to change a diaper, or put them to bed or bathe them. And, and, um, I think those are things that, uh, can help a lot um, and I think that's one thing that uh, being a servant um, and honoring your wife doing it that way I also think probably encouraging her um, in a lot of ways um, like I said before don't you know don't wait for her to ask us to do things but just anticipate her needs and try to do that you, you surprise her with things not so much just gifts but just surprising her you write her a note write her a poem um, you know this sounds silly but uh when I leave for work every morning, I write a note to my wife still, and this is 40 years into it. And it may be only like I'm running late by, you know, but at least she's, <laughs> you know, it's not going to be a long dissertation. And 
sometimes it can be silly and sometimes it can be, you know, you know, better than that. But, um, you know, not, you know, that's not a big deal, but it is in, in our relationship. And if I mm-hmm. don't write one, like, she's like, do you not like me anymore? You know, and so just joking, <laughs> but, um, you know, just little things, just uh, surprise her with little things like that. Just make her feel encouraged and honored and, mm-hmm. um, you know, little things that make a difference, I think, to our lives uh, more so than the big things, I think. I think it honors them more. That's good. Whitley loves it when I write her notes and uh, I used to be much better at it. I'd either, you know, uh, I would make her lunch uh, when she was teaching and I'd write a note on a napkin and, you know, leave it in her uh, her lunch and uh, I've gotten worse about it. I, for a long time, would write very long notes and then when I didn't have the time to do it, I kind of felt like, oh, what's, what's the point to just write the little one or two sentence thing, but you're right, it does mean a whole lot. Uh, I guess one of the things that I would say is um, always, uh, I don't know how practical this is, but I'll try. I mean, always remember who, who you're talking to. Mm -hmm. Um, Your, your wife is your glory. And, you know, when, when, when you have a discussion with her, uh, good or bad, when, when you care for her, uh, you are you are communicating far more uh, than than just the words you're saying, and so if 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 what you can do is uh, to to give her such um, care and attention that she feels uh, confident and secure in the love that she's uh, received, it will. Um, will really work uh, kind of work wonders um, you will see um, a, a a strong and confident um, woman who um, is very secure in who she is and I, I, I personally find that uh, to be something extremely beautiful and attractive um, one of the things that uh, I, I will do for for Whitley is, is similar to kind of what you've said Dennis is uh, do surprise her with things. Let her know that you're thinking about her, whether that's a text during the middle of the day or you stop to uh, to pick up flowers for her, you know, something. Um, and, and even in that, I mean, especially for us right now, that is a display of uh, of my uh, of my care for her, my my desire to die to self in order to uh, to to bless her and to consider her more significant than myself. Being uh, on one income now, you know, we don't have a lot of uh, you know just free cash, and so uh, to uh, to use you know, even uh, a little of it to say, no, no, this is this is for you. Like I, I want to bless you. I want you to know that you are uh, worth this and more. Um, it, it really means a whole lot to her. Yeah, that's wonderful. I think that, um, you know, uh, for me, you know, Dennis, uh, into the last, uh, the last podcast, just, uh, talking about, uh, sex. And so I guess I'll do the same thing. Um, you know, honestly, I think that, you know, leave even, the room children. <laughs> we've, uh, What's we've, your love language, Chris? Uh, well, I mean, you know, uh, I Getting guess up. I did start the question by saying, you know, what is something that you do well, but you know, you can share with other guys. And we started making 
Lux's. Yikes. Not, yeah, that's not uh, exactly where I'm trying to go here. But we were talking about Ephesians, and it starts off, you know, that whole part with, you know, husbands love your wives, and then, you know, goes through many different ways. And then at the very end, it says, for this reason, you know, a man shall yeah. leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. And that's the profound mystery and everything. And so one of the things that I think that, you know, we don't really... Uh, speak about as much as we should in the church is this glory of what you know that loving relationship looks like you know the uh, the act of marriage this uh, amazing thing that God has given us called sex and uh, my experience has been just in you know talking with lots of guys and you know growing up in this particular generation that you know uh, guys generally don't kind of unlearn the lies that we've been you know, told and inculcated in through pop culture and pornography, you know, we've really gotten a poor lesson about what sex is and what love is supposed to be demonstrated like. And so most men go into, you know, uh, marriages with really poor expectations of what, you know, what this is supposed to look like, um, you know, how glorious it's supposed to be that there is this actual uh, eternal uh, eternality, this gl brief glimpse, this, you know, amazing view of like, you know, Christ in the church, even in, you know, this, uh, you know, physical act that, you know, uh, that we get to cherish with our wives and everything. And so, um, I, I, I see a lot of men not take the time to really learn their wives, learn, you know, uh, unlearn some of the bad stuff, but then also really be diligent students of their wives. I mean, I think it's, uh, in first Corinthians that, you know, Paul, you know, uh, I mean, really tells us, you know, do not, do not, you know, uh, keep from your wife her conjugal rights. And he was mentioning this, not because it wasn't unimportant, but because it was very important that, you know, husbands and wife be rehearsing this covenantal love and this, uh, you know, really amazing thing. And I think that a lot of uh, relationships, unfortunately, a lot of Christian relationships really don't experience, um, you know, uh, love nearly as deeply as they ought to because they have neglected, you know, this really amazing gift. And so, you know, I think I'd really, you know, uh, share, you know, I've shared this in, you know, other opportunities, you know, too, that, you know, for, for Sawyer and I, we've really realized that, uh, you know, this is a really big learning process. Uh, Ted Kitchens, our pastor that did our wedding, we sat down with him, you know, pre-marriage and everything. And uh, he really challenged us. He just goes, guys, I want y'all to know something. Sex is really hard work. And I remember as like a 19 year old kid going, <laughs> maybe for old men, but you know, not for, <laughs> not for me and everything. Yeah. And no, we've actually experienced that. It's mm -hmm. really, it takes diligence. It takes, you know, intention it takes, you know, um, a lot of self-sacrifice, you know, as well. And so, you know, Sawyer and I have been really overjoyed to learn that, you know, every couple of years, it just seems like we learn something new about this amazing gift that God's given. And uh, if we're not kind of on that exploration, if we're not discovering new glories that God, you know, has uh, for us and honestly experiencing some of the hope that it's not just, you know, 
all the same or that we you know have it all figured out and that it's just this one thing uh, and everything that we actually get to go and, and, and do something that we really believe honors God and uh, and everything else and so I'd really just encourage guys not not because you know I've got it all figured out or this is something but just encourage guys that like one of the reasons why maybe um, you or, or maybe one of the ways that you haven't loved your wife as well as you could is to you know uh, is to really take that part seriously and not live out of you know bitterness of unmet expectations or differences but really actually go kind of reinvigorate that part of your life because it could be something that really blesses your wife and loves her you know uh, very well too and so I think that that's that's kind of the last little bit that I'd uh, that I'd give uh, and yeah I, I think I would add um, the only um, back to Ephesians uh, I love it that in there it says he who loves his wife loves himself um, if you are, are are seeking your wife's good uh, therein you will also find yours and what an amazing thing that God works in such a way uh, to to bless us and to to um, to grace us even uh, when it seems as though we're doing something selfish to pursue the good of somebody else and yet that's exactly how he wants it and he says seek your wife's good and there and you will find yours as well happy wife happy life <laughs> i've been waiting to say it um thank you again for tuning in to the men of the city podcast and we will see you next time mm-hmm.